With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Peregrine. What are we doing today, then? Well, I'm sitting here staring at this butter press. What's a butter press, Charlie? The thing I'm staring at, what presses butter. Uh, does it have any other functions? Well, you can't row to the Bahamas on it, if that's what you're asking. I wasn't asking that, no. Well, what kind of other functions would you expect? Well, I don't know. Could it press other things? Like, uh... Pudding. Who ever heard of a pudding press? Well, until just now, I'd never heard of a butter press. Well, there, Peregrine, you do actually have a point. Well, it must be the cut of these trousers. We'll have none of that filth here, Peregrine. Not when I'm slowly and oh-so-gorgeously pressing butter. My mind, it shall remain clean. Plus, co-host Jim hates it when these pre-show sketches have knob gags in them. Wait, was that a meta joke, Charlie? Oh dear, I think it might have been. Yeah. Right, you know what to do. I've been a very bad man. Get in the ostrich closet and don't come out again until it's all sore. Between you and me, Peregrine, I don't think he thought this sketch through before he started writing it. It really is going nowhere and it's just plain absurd. Right, that's it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, the butter's been too pressed. It's ruined now. And that was part 14 of Silly Silly Name, hosted by ludicrous rubbish and crappy old McCrap shorts. And now on Radio Flange Goblet, say it with me, children. He's got a beard. So we just finished recording our. Are we recording um, now? Yeah, we are. That's seamless. It's seamless. We just finished. If anyone's watched it, the behind the scenes walking to the diner video. Walking to the diner. Thanks, thank you. Much, um, and we talked all about. Uh, the you. We talked all about stuff. you. We talked all about well, the a wonderful stuff. Of you, a song about you. A song about us. You're mentioned in it. Am I? Yes. Oh, I like it more now. So is John, though. Oh. Uh, and, and Mark and yeah, Matt. Yeah, but he's everywhere. True. 
You can't open. Oh, and he mentioned Stan Dolo and George Stovran, which is very cool. Right, well, I'm, I guess I'm in, I'm in esteemed company. You right? are in esteemed company. Except for um, you, you're not esteemed. I'm not esteemed. You're more just steamed. You're more just you're steamed. esteemed company. I, I would say I'm lightly baked. No, I say steamed. Wet, sweaty, floppy. Wet, sweaty, slightly underdone. And with that, hello and welcome <laughs> to this week's episode of the After Movie Diner. Um, and with me again, again, uh, <laughs> is my most regular of co-hosts. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sorry, there aren't more people that live in New York. Jim Wallace, go to the movies with him. Who's wearing a tremendous, uh, uh, tragically hip-based T-shirt? I am. I'm very happy with my tragically hip-based T-shirt, which is a little Bones reference uh, for anyone who knows the tragedy. First song I ever heard. Road apples. Yes. No, you're meant to go. It was the first song I ever heard, and I went, no, no, no. That's the title of the album. It's been a whole like back and forth oh, joke. Uh, yeah, because road apples means horseshit. If we're gonna do that kind of band, we have to rehearse. <laughs> have to rehearse I know what I want here, so it's all good. Are you, you ready? You do? I yeah, I have the same thing every time we come here because it's amazing. I have that scampi. The the what are they? Well, called? I'm gonna get something. Okay, well, I'm gonna get something else because I I was toying with the the idea of getting more another chili, but I think I'm just gonna get because that chili was so good last. But week, we didn't have it here, then. No, no, I know. I'm just saying I could get chili in all the diners because I like chili. All, so get all the all It'd the. Be my diners. way of testing the diners. It would be your what's way. What's their of, chili like? Right, 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 right. Under circumstances, maybe I got a Philly cheese. Good, thanks. How are you? Very good. Uh, do you want anything to drink? Oh, uh, can I get a chamomile tea? That'd be it for me. Uh, I'm good with water. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's the popcorn shrimp I have. Do I get? I'm quite tempted by a Philly cheesesteak. Why don't you do that then, Chief? I'm going to do the popcorn shrimp and then I get the. Uh, what are the fries that I get again? Oh my god, really? They sat like three tables away and I can still hear them being all hipster I know she's, and yeah, she's wearing a, a Hilda. Who's the bird from Coronation Street? They wouldn't know Coronation Street. They might. Well, I mean. I For all you know, like. There's another be. woman, ironically, wearing a trilby. <laughs> it's, it's enough to make you contour. Um, but yeah, if you can hear some horses bang in the background, that's what it is. Oh, it's perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, oh, God, that's going to get annoying. Um, oh, I had the Midnight Crate. That was really good. Sounds like so. I'm going to get the Philly cheesesteak. I don't think I don't... Should I get it in a hero, a wrap, or a panini? Ugh. Why didn't you say, uh, while well, I'm just being grumpy yeah, on really Basically, grumpy. the beginning of the podcast look at might as well be get off my lawn, hipster they're fuck just, monkeys. They're just young and dark, fuck like we monkeys. were. Look, do you remember the, some of the outfits you used to wear? If you walked into a diner... Yeah, but I, remember, I wore them because I loved them. They're not capable of love? No. Right, <laughs> Okay. I think I'm going to go with the Philly cheesesteak in a hero. I almost care. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm going to have no, to think. No, no, that's tremendous. We better start talking about movies soon, or they're going to think they're tuned into the two old men <laughs> moan about food podcasts. <laughs> I think if we slowly geared this show towards being two old men moan about food, 
People might like it more. That's true. Could they like it less? Would that be possible? No, no, they couldn't like it less. Uh, which is why. Um, the new, anyway, we should uh, yes. order and then. Hello, uh, can I get the Philly cheesesteak, please? On a uh, hero. Thank you. Um, can I get the popcorn shrimp? Um, but could I get that instead of um, have the tartar sauce? But instead of the what's the other sauce it comes with? Um, instead of the chipotle tartar, can I get um, the marinara sauce? Yeah. It comes with tartar and marinara, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, and also, could I get the disco fries, please? The fries with the mozzarella. Yeah. And gravy. And gravy. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. Uh, right. So. Um, oh, that, so that's the first thing we've got to say is with the new website right. and the new content yes. and the new stuff and all the effort and the work and everything that I put into it yeah. um, uh, here's the deal Okay. Uh, everything's going to stay uh, free I'm fine aren't and, I? no oh, okay. everything's going to stay free everything's going to be exactly the same way right. just uh, people should share 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 okay. that's, that's the thing I'm not going to ask this this episode. I'm not going to run an advert for Patreon or, or an advert for buying the album or anything like that. Although you can do that if you wish, because uh, I think uh, it just happened just then. Yeah, but uh, what I want for the coming weeks and coming months uh-huh. is shares, shares, shares. So if you're on the Facebook or the Twitter and you see me post something, even if it's something you're not really interested in, even if you don't read the article. Just hit the share button. See, people don't do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, share, I wouldn't sell it like that because people are just going to ignore the message. What I would say is, oh, you do it. You do the pitch. If, I'm clearly not getting through. If, yeah. What I would say is, yeah. you don't have to give money. You don't have to leave a comment. You don't have to rate it. He's tried that. And that hasn't worked. So, if you hear an episode that you like, or you read an article that you like, or you see uh, news about a poster that you interested in or news or whatever if any of that just share it that's it and you only have to do it once for the next month that's it just no, one, no, don't, one don't, share don't do it once if they want to do it more look, look, look. You've, you ask them to do things all the time right, right. do any of them ever do it? Rarely, R- right. but that's because last year a lot of them did do it, and I keep asking the same people. I think. Okay, well, okay, fair enough. Okay, but what I'm saying is, people have been very generous. I'm not complaining. This is not a complaint. People have been very generous. I'm just and very saying. Wonderful I think the trouble is supported. when you post. I block people on Twitter, right? If they post the same thing over and over and over and over again. But yeah, I'll stop doing that. I know. I know. What I'm saying is. Similarly, with the message to you know share or whatever, just give them like an easy thing to do. I think if they enjoyed it, what I'm saying is they just have to do one simple thing in exchange, which is just share it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So anything, whether it's an interview or a video or the the podcast episode, whatever, if uh, if you if you enjoy it, even just like a little bit, just share. It. Yeah, you don't that's even have it. to write a message. Yeah, just share it. Just share. It. Just hit share and go bink. We're just, just trying bink to. Me. Increase the audience. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Increase the reach. We put months, or rather I did, and Kim, she was incredibly supportive and very helpful, because she is in the biz. Yeah. Um, You pointed at me when you said very helpful in a way that suggests I'm not. (laughs) No, But I'm like the opposite of helpful. No, you come out If you want to know what helpful is, look at this bloke, (laughs) and then imagine the opposite of that. No, no, Kim was very... uh, You're you're helpful in other ways. Uh, (laughs) 
Sort which we'll we'll talk about another time. Yeah, exactly. Talk about it yeah, another time. About yeah, 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 like yeah, you're, no you're helpful in the way that like you're um, helpful in ways to be discussed. Yeah, to yeah. be discussed, to be confirmed. Once I've made them up. Yeah. Um, but no, Kim's been incredibly supportive. But we put in and people don't know behind the scenes, but we put in uh, months and months and months of work. I basically created three or four different websites and then stuck with Squarespace but I went on Wix and Weebly and WordPress and the whole thing all the Wobblies I did all the Wobblies until I hit with the S's because I was enough with the Wobblies already um so I did all that and uh, I'm very happy and very proud of the new website and I did it for me I, I, I did do it because I'm, I'm genuinely passionate and excited about it and um it was it did cost me money it did cost me time uh, but uh, that's all good. The best way to repay that is to share, 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 and let's build the audience. That's the best way. Costs you nothing and takes very little time. Yes. It's the best thing I can ask you to do. Um, the only other thing, should you so wish, if you bookmark theaftermoviediner.com, but when you bookmark it on your uh, uh, internet viewer of choice, bookmark it as Amazon. When you go to buy stuff on Amazon, you can click through the little ad that's right on the right-hand side at the very top of the page, and it costs you no extra See, money. I think but, hang on a second, right. let me finish. Right. It costs you no extra money, but they kick me back 20 cents or whatever. So that is an extra step. The easiest thing, share that's it. End of message. I would I would stick with just the share message, and then what I would do is I would have like a monthly drive, right? Right. Because you've got loyal listeners, right? Yeah. Surprisingly. So, right. So considering your, your, you. prob- your problem is that you often bombard yeah, them with stuff. Right. With like, and the thing is, so they forget about it. So what I would do is each month. Yeah. I would pick one thing. Yeah, let's so, write in and tell me if he's right. <laughs> if you pick, well, it doesn't matter whether they think I'm right, it's whether anyone like, shares anything. Right. So this month, yeah. right, it's so August, because we're nearly in August. August. So the month of August is share month. Share month. Right? So in, in August. I was walking in my first. No. Oh, not that kind of share. No, no, no. A no. different kind of share. Yes. Okay. Share okay. over the month of August. No, now I, I can't get share out of my head now. <laughs> but if, they, if you do that, then if you, and that's the message for every podcast, and that's what yeah. you're asking people to do, then maybe they will. And then in October... We can turn back You can talk to the, the Amazon. <laughs> no, we're not going to turn back time. Okay. That would be August. That would be share month. <laughs> That's when we would turn back time. That's okay. So let's turn back time to the beginning. Well, I'm saying the Amazon thing. Then you do that in yeah. September. Okay. I'll and then September. you say to everyone, don't forget everyone, it's September, it's Amazon month. Amazon so month. So anytime you buy anything on Amazon, click through the diner. One thing you could do is turn the diner into your you know, Amazon bookmark and do it that way. Right. I'm just saying... Share, though. You've just got to get people to do something once, yeah. and then quite often they'll keep doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just so, get them with the habit of doing it. So when you hear this noise... Down in the jungle room, when I was walking... Remember, <laughs> remember, share. Okay, that's that's, that's good. <laughs> okay, so that could be for the month. Yeah, you go. Don't forget everybody too, and then you do like your little share. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then remember what that means. Yeah, and that want to punch me. Yeah, that'll be good. Well, that's so, going to do it for a month. Yeah. Before we reveal, uh, we're already uh, uh, fifteen minutes into this episode, and we still haven't revealed the film. But it's it's going to be fine. Um, before we uh, reveal the film, I want to read uh, the email we got from Voodoo uh, Fuzz, because it was damn nice. Uh, so, how, here, how do we know Voodoo Fuzz? Uh, from uh, Twitter. Okay. 
uh, and he writes, Hi to the good and wonderful folks dining at the diner. A little late now, I know, but please find a small musical prezi, which I'm going to play a clip of now. Well, Mr. John Craswell, he's a man, he's a man with a beard and a man with a plan. Yeah, he is. With Jim and John and Madam Mark, tune in to Fletch Cobbler to start. My attempt at a little ditty in the style of everyone's favorite gravel-voiced crooner. I've been following the diner since it started. Your style and comedy was right up my alley. Um, I've been having a pretty rough few years, but I can rely on you to always brighten my day, as well as some awesome recommendations Don Dola springs to mind. I'm just getting ready to catch up on last night's show, so I'm full of smiles. The show he's referring to was the live video feed that I did on Periscope and Facebook Live, which are still available to watch, should you so wish. Um, I answer people's questions, and my beard goes all over the place, basically. And you get really Um, unnerved by the amount of um, Ukrainian and Arab uh, trolls um, that turn up out of nowhere. And, and also, I've been blacklisted by the Freemasons. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, so anyway, he says, Thanks again for all your very hard work in putting the show together. You are the best. Kiss you on both cheeks. It's a European thing. Um, so, yeah, he wrote that. He's also been commenting all over uh, the diner uh, this week. Uh, keep that up, Voodoo Fuzz, and thanks ever so much for the song, the full anthem of which will be played at the end of this podcast. Uh, so now, uh, without further ado... Uh, and that was a lot of ado. That was that was more than that a bit That was Boku ado. That was Boku ado. Ringo is suddenly writing that down as an idea <laughs> of, his, of his next album. Boku uh, <laughs> Peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love, Boku. it's Boku ado. <laughs> Coming soon with the all-star band. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you, uh, Jim of the Wallace Clan, tell us all, uh, first of all, what movie we watched, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to delight oh, in you attempting to okay. sum this up. This right. is actually me kind of uh, uh, putting Jim in a little bit of a corner right, to find right. out why. Do we want to put a time limit on it? Yeah, Ooh. sure. You've got to do it in uh, 30 seconds or less. Wow. Perfect. Right. Popcorn shrimp. Oh, perfect. Description. Thank you very much. And that looks like a big sandwich. Thank, Thank you very you. much. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yes, sir. Let's, get, let's put a time limit on it. Let's say that by the time the clock turns 20 minutes, which gives you just under three minutes, you have to tell people the name of the movie and roughly what it's about. And don't get diverted into what you think it's like. Just tell the plot as if it's the first time anyone's ever. Okay. I don't think it's a proper Philly cheese thing. No. no, it's just a beef sandwich it's just with a cheese. Rice and beef sandwich with cheese and yeah. Fine. That's okay. Okay. So the movie is called Get Me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna tell the story of the movie as if I knew what was happening from the beginning, which I very much didn't. Right. In fact, I only knew what was happening after I got bored after about 20 minutes and started reading the booklet. And then I realised what was happening. Kind of. You've got two minutes left. Okay, right. Uh, 
famous cinematic cowboy in the you know spaghetti western world. Uh, this is his like late final late sixties early This is his final movie. Um, it's called The Stranger. And he's played by a black named Tony Tony. Tony Tony. Tony, Tony Anthony. Tony. Yeah. Um, An American actor doing anyway, a lot of European. So uh, he's dragged into a town. Um, past some crystal balls the crystal balls clearly have some kind of time travelling effect and he ends up back in time where um, uh, he gets hired by some people to take a princess by some gypsies by some gypsies to take a princess to Spain right uh, where her people who are being oppressed by barbarians await her arrival and they give him a load of money which doesn't make any sense because when he gets to Spain he complains he hasn't got any money but they gave him the money at the beginning no no they gave him $10,000 he wanted them to up it to 50 oh uh, okay fine thank you um, okay so uh, but 10000 is all their people could, could muster right so oh there's an in joke at the beginning about he doesn't know where Spain is even though this is filmed in Spain well, we can get to inject. I'm trying to explain the plot. I'm running out of time. Are you giving me injuries? Yeah, you are. You've got 35 seconds left. Sure. So he goes to Spain, and he finds himself... It's kind of like medieval times. He's in the middle of a war between the Moors and the barbarians, and um, the princesses are going to use a treasure to help free her people, and then the barbarians capture them, and the barbarians force the cowboy to get the treasure for them, which he doesn't really, and then... They're considerably mean to him um, all the way through the movie, at which point he kind of snaps and takes his revenge. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. I mean, I missed that a lot. But yeah, you missed that It was all balmy. It was all balmy. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's it, had we watched this as the fourth part... It looks like the fourth or fifth movie, yeah. Because the Stranger Collection that's available from Warner Archive, which is not what we watched, has the first three movies in it, which okay. is The Stranger, The Stranger, Stranger Returns, probably. Returns, and The Stranger in uh, China or Japan or somewhere, uh-huh. which was an East Meets West movie that predates like all the other ones that Lee Van Cleef did, apparently. Um, anyway... Um, this would be like if if the man with no name, the Clint Eastwood character, imagine if by the, the third movie of the Dollars trilogy he went to China or went to Asia, and then by the fourth one they were like, well, what do we do now? Because you've got to bear in mind, it's the 60s or the early 70s, so like, it's like, well, what do we do now? We've already been to Asia. Well, you know, like the next thing, we might as well send him to the moon. You know what I mean? Um, not having the budget to send him to the moon, but hanging around studios in Spain realising they've got a bunch of, you know, medieval things, a bunch of Viking things, a bunch of, you know, things. Uh, they go, well, how about we do, like, he kind of goes back in time, but doesn't, but kind of does, and uh, he has to fight all these people, and there's some treasure, and there's some stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And um, It's basically, his journey is about getting the money. Right. For him, so that when he asks for his fifty grand, they say, "Oh well, we need the treasure for that." Yeah. It's fine. Where's the treasure? And they go, "Oh well, in order to get the treasure, you have to go to this place." So he goes to that place, and while he's at that place, getting the treasure and going through the trials to get the treasure. Then when it's over, he's got the treasure's not there, but then he's captured by the by the um, 
barbarians again. Each time he gets captured and beaten up by the barbarians, he gets out of it by going, well, look, let me go and get the treasure for you. So he's always, his story is always being after the treasure. Along the way, he gets beaten up, humiliated, tortured, beat, whatever, by various people. Yeah. And at the end, he's had enough. He hasn't got his money. Oh, the barbarians... And he blows the, everybody to pieces. The barbarians have befriended... I think... Is he meant to be like a Spanish nobleman? Like the, the Richard character? Oh, the he's, spo- character? he's supposed to be Richard III. No, he's not... No, because he says that's not my real name. He says his real name's like Sombra or something. Oh, yeah. He claims... But then he talks at the end about... No, no, that's because he is a big Shakespeare fan. There was that whole scene in the library where he was saying, have you ever read Shakespeare? He wrote these great plays and blah, 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 blah. It's a little confusing because it's either played by an Englishman or they've dubbed an English voice on. And he's playing it with a hunchback and everything else. But he's not really Richard III. He's just a Shakespeare fan who has a hunchback who kind of uses it. and Moors, that's dark ages. You know, this is all over the place. They also have, like, muskets and cannons and swords and... It's like there's no continuity to any of it. Is okay. Let's face it, right? The film is utterly balmy. Right. It's completely balmy. And after ten minutes, no, fifteen minutes, I wanted to turn it off because it had quite a cool beginning. Um, then there was a, a bit of a, a thing that did crop up the rest of the movie where um, the central cowboy attempts to be like winning and funny and uh, cool and fails on all counts. Um, oh, I don't know about that. I do. No, very see, much no. I don't agree. I think he had something, and go with me here, of a Joe Pilato vibe from Day of the Dead. He no. did. He had yeah, a Gary Sinise from CSI vibe. He <laughs> <laughs> looked like Gary Sinise's less talented, slightly touched cousin. He's <laughs> been tapped for like a, a, a cowboy movie because they need a name, and the only name they know. What about Steve? Well, Jeff Sinise. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Sinise. Well, what's Jeff done? Well, Gary, his cousin, you might know him from CSI, whatever he's in. New York. New York. Anyway, Jeff Sinise can't do cool, he can't act. I've got no idea how he's got into four movies at this point, none whatsoever. This isn't his fourth movie. This is like his eighth or tenth movie. No, I mean, as this character. Well, because... Because... And this is one point I wanted to make about it, right? Because... Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you. One of the things that we both... You said it after reading the booklet, but I was already thinking it from about 15 minutes in. Is there is a lot of similarity between this and Army of Darkness. There just is. And I don't know how big this was in the States or whether, like, a young Sam Raimi saw it and kind of kept it in his back pocket for what would have been 30 years. But it's it's not that you watch Army of Darkness or this and go, they've stolen Varsuesa. Because they just have. You can't argue. But there are certain camera flourishes. There's certain um, character traits that this guy has. There's certain one-liners, there's certain, like, over-the-top stuff, and there's the whole, like, cowboy or American braggart, let's say, loudmouth braggart, goes back to a medieval and or former time. And all those things are in play. So, kind of, once I got that vibe, um, I was already enjoying it, but once I got that vibe, like, and I actually thought he was 
sort of having more fun and being more cool than you did, clearly, but that's just my... Very speaking, he was having fun. That's just my tolerance. Just I wasn't. Okay, that's just my tolerance for, for, for characters like this. But how I learned to enjoy it, and go with me here, okay. is that the idea of the wisecracking American hero strolling in and being under his... Uh, out of his depth, right, is a, is a kind of constantly evolving thing. And, sure, it's been done before, you know, you, we've had swaggering American heroes since, you know, the, the 30s and 40s, from gangster films and westerns and stuff back in the day. Um, but this feels like the embryonic version of what would become a modern or a contemporary character, a John McClane, a Rambo, an Ash in Army of Darkness, whatever it is. It's that, it's like an embryonic version of it. It's not polished. They haven't figured out how to do a snappy one-liner as quick as the guys would a decade later. They haven't figured out how to do action uh, in, in the same like entertaining, fast-paced way that they would do. But everything is a process. So in the in the in the like history of cinema is a whole big thing where we started and where we end up are, are obviously two completely different things. But they're either forever honing and or developing the craft. Well, the same can be said for this particular character. And and I watched this. If you if you said to yourself, okay, this is it was nineteen seventy five. This came out. No. Yeah, it came out in 1975 because it's two years after Westworld, which is another thing I think was an influence on it. Just the idea of a cowboy amongst all these different time periods. That's Westworld as well. Like it had, there was even a bit where they were in like the Roman looking place, and I was like, is this the same set? And it's not because obviously that was shot in America, but um, it's got a very Westworldy vibe at a certain point. But I felt like. This was the embryonic form of that B-movie character that we would grow to love later on down the road. With all the rough edges and with all the slow delivery and the not quite hitting the mark and not quite hitting the line that one would expect from that. But if you give it leeway based on that and kind of roll with it, it's, it's almost as enjoyable, I found. That's my whole thing. All right, no, 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 no. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. My problem was that he couldn't act. Nothing he did was cool or funny. That was my problem. Oh no, I disagree. I think there was there was plenty of times where, again, it might fail more than it succeeds. But there were a couple of times where he had a moment where, agreed, if it was somebody else or if it was um, twenty years later, would have been snappier and whatever. But there were moments where you were like, okay, I, I get what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? And I, I'm no, no, enjoying I, it on that level. Yes. And to be fair... Like, like okay, the, 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 the most ash line in it was like when she goes, be careful up there or something. Because he's always wandering out with women who he, you know, treats like inferiors, even if they're princesses. In fact, he treats everyone like an inferior, more or less. Um... But he, uh, she says, oh, be careful up there. And he's like, my old lady didn't raise no dummies or whatever he says. And that's like, I know you were like, what does that even mean? But like, that's... No, 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 I specifically said my old lady means wife. No, I get it, right, right, right. But like, 
I just mean that, you know, that's an attempt at something, and to no, me, I do. it worked enough for me to enjoy it. I can't condemn it. I wouldn't say he's a rotten actor. I would say that he had something going for him. You don't do four movies of this character if you don't have something. But you've also got to admit that over the 90 minutes, he grows on you. Like, or he did for me anyway. By the end of it, I was like, this is cool. Like, all the bombs are going off and he's walking in slow motion. I'm like, that's cool. He didn't grow on me. Look, where I'm with you is, I did appreciate what they were trying to do. And when when I understood that, oh, he's back in time... And um, uh, and that's why all the weird stuff is going on. I did start to enjoy it, but the beginning was really alienating because that bit with all the like it was a really cool spaghetti western opening, right? Because like a, you just see a horse galloping through the like the canyon or whatever, and then close up and you realise that it's not just the horse he's dragging this bloke behind him the stranger behind him right Right. and the stranger lets out a yell that then you know uh, echoes and like freeze frame in the title of the movie comes up it was like very you know Sergio Leone it was was very cool it also got Django elements of him dragging the coffin and all that yeah yeah yeah. sure sure anyway I meant meant more like the noise and the echo and the no I get it right 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 yeah anyway it was very cool and he gets dragged into the middle of this like deserted town, walks in, and they offer to pay him five, well, whatever, 50 grand or 10 grand to take this princess to Spain. So far, I'm thinking, this is really good. Not only that, but when he comes in, they're like, we've been waiting for you. Right, all right, all right. As if he's like some predestined thing, mm. where they've taken the idea of the stranger rides into town and made it a mythical thing. Like, they've, they've taken the next step. Right, which is very cool. And then... Also, I guess because they're gypsies and they're meant to have been able to have seen into the future. Well, I, I think theirs are the crystal balls, right? Right. Anyway. Um, the other thing that happened afterwards where the comedy barbarians came in and threw things around. And in that scene, like, they lost me there. And then, well, the worst thing is, is for a lot of the fight scenes, it's accompanied by... Yeah, like really like loud, annoying loud, comedy banjo. Loud, annoying, music. like Benny Hill comedy yeah. banjo. Like really grating comedy banjo, not fun yeah, comedy totally banjo. ruined the mood. And then... And it ruined it, because had it been bonkers, but basically played straight, it would have been more enjoyable. But occasionally nodding through the use of this... Like hillbilly banjo thing. Oh, nudge, nudge, we know we're making a crazy movie, by the way. It ru- Like that did ruin it, and it ruined it for me a lot. Had I been watching this on Netflix, I would have turned off on the 15-minute mark when they, they're in Spain and there's, like, an army of Moors on one side and an army of barbarians on the other side. And they fight each other. And that fight, of like, we don't know anybody involved in it. Right. He, he, we don't see it, and it goes on for, like, half an hour. I was going to make this point as well, yeah. And it was totally, I don't care, it was really, it was, the music was annoying. Because I had this, like, meh, thing going all the way to the background. Go, and after, like, 10 or 15 minutes. It was about an 11-minute fight, yeah. With, hey, you know, 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is presumably the point in the driving movie where I'm supposed to get up and go for a, you know, go and get a milkshake and take a slap. Well... Because I had no idea what it was doing. What it was very interesting to me was... And again, this is what I mean by embryonic or, or, or experimental. Okay. We know now, or I think we know, or most filmmakers know, unless you're Hack Snyder, that you have to um, generate empathy for one, at least one of the protagonists, if not two of the protagonists, in a big battle sequence. Um, which is why most of them take place either in the middle or towards the end of a movie. So that they have some weight, so that there is peril, so that you're like... Whether it's... Like, for example, at the beginning of Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom, there's that big fight in the thing. First of all, we know who Indiana Jones is, but secondly, there's... I've got to get the precious stone that's rolling about the floor. So there's, like, a story to the fight. So there's stunts and fighting and blah, blah, blah going on, but you as an audience are on the edge of your seat because you're like, he's got to get the stone back. Oh, no, the antidote, rather. Sorry, he's got to get the antidote back, or Indy's dead. Like, antidote, antidote, antidote. So there's, there's a storyline to the fight. There's something that we, the audience members, can care about. And, and the same should be said for, like, any fight. You should, you should be on the side of one or the other, yeah. or there should be something in play, a mystical orb or a necklace or an antidote or whatever it is, that we, the audience, care about. Um, and what was interesting about it was this battle was clearly done because they found a bunch of sand dunes, had a bunch of extras, raided, like, some costume shop in, you know, Madrid. I know, it looks like they borrowed... The armies from the movie next door. Right, right. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like, no like they were making a movie, uh, you know, called, oh, yeah. you know, the barbarians took my aunt, or whatever, <laughs> and they just like borrowed the armies. Can, yeah, we, no. can we borrow them for, for five like, minutes? Yeah, literally five minutes. minutes. Yeah, um, you can have our princess. And so, it and what what it made for, and I was thinking exactly what you were thinking, is it made for a hollow experience because you're like. I get it. There are horses, there is swordplay, there's a guy in a rotating cannon nest, there's people screaming, things are blowing up, people are being shot, there's idiots running but not firing their guns. There, you know, there's all this stuff going on and I'm watching it I'm going, okay, get on with this because I don't know what any of this is. You know, <laughs> no interest in any of this. And, and like you say, at the beginning of the battle sequence are quote-unquote hero and his princess are surrounded in a circle of horses, we then ignore them for 11 minutes. Yeah, And just we're, like, we're left to go, like, yeah. wait a minute, have they been shot, kidnapped? Like, what's going on? And then after this big, like, clearly, like, money... Like, look at the money we put on the screen sequence. Yeah. They go back to the guy and they have a fairly underwhelming conversation, which ends with him being strung up by in his... In fact, he just cut the whole battle sequence. Right. And those blokes just rode up... Yeah. Tied him up by his ankles, yeah. nicked the princess and buggered off back to the castle. It'll be exactly Narratively, totally the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nothing. But I'm not, I'm not averse to, hey, what if we sling a battle sequence again? That's fine. You're right. Yeah. If they intercut. No, especially considering, and this is again, not a huge criticism, but especially considering how a little underwhelming the ending was. Like, had they spent that money on the ending and had him fighting, either with a sword or a gun, swathes of people, like, all around that castle set until he whittled it down to the big bads that he then dispatched with cool aplomb, that would have been one thing. 
But as it is, the ending, you see him, like, tool up with everything. And by the way, we're not spoiling anything. It's written on the back of the Blu-ray. But he tools up with everything. Quadruple-barreled shotgun. Huge sticks of dynamite. His six-shooter. Bombs. Everything, right? He's also, like, wired the castle up to blow. And... He gets to the castle, is immediately set upon by a mob of women, seemingly loses all the equipment. That was so late. Then the princess comes over and he's like, well, what do you want to do, get a drink or dance or something? Then it cuts to him sitting on the steps of the castle just flinging dynamite uninspiringly at people. Everyone else then runs away. but They're all like, we're out of here, Jack, and they piss off. Nobody goes, shoot the bloke throwing the dynamite. (laughs) Hey. He's just sat out there He's on just the sitting set. There. In fact, at one point, he lights the dynamite. It slips out of his hand, and they left in the movie where he went, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the movie where he dropped the dynamite instead of throwing. Which I'm just like, okay, that's bizarre that they would leave that in the movie unless they think it makes him more human or something. And then he fights the two big bad guys. End of film. Had you taken your battle sequence and yeah. plonked it as he showed up at the castle? Yeah. It would have been much better. Do you think they were just... Um, do you think their next movie was, was like a battle epic and they were just... Because they had... There, was the, there were two two scenes where they were taking... taken into the castle and there were low... His, okay, so... There were, like, two incongruous scenes. <laughs> There's the battle scene and when they took them into the castle initially where... The shot of the castle was loads of extras, yeah. loads of people. That's kind of, like it looks like big money, right? And the same with like the the battle sequences, like the the, the armies and all the rest of it. It looks like big money, but then for parts of the battle sequences, there's obviously only ten guys. And as you say, for a lot of the, the when they're in the castle, there's clearly like isn't anybody. There isn't anybody there. So I'm. I'm genuinely wondering whether they weren't making another film at the time and didn't just like nick some shots. Well, the funny thing they, is, you, did, they did use these that money in weird places. They did. Um, like I can't believe that shot of when they're going into the castle because he walks into that castle loads of times, but twice there's loads and loads of people. And it must have cost a lot of money and certainly a lot roads, of organisation. Flaming torches. In yeah, fact, and the, yeah. Pit, the, pit, the way they're standing in the line, like a lot of time and organisation to get that shot right. And it's just like a nothing right. shot, especially compared to what's happened in the rest of the movie. Yeah, so the other thing that struck me before I even read this was, it, before I even knew there was pre- prequels to this movie, and before I even knew that this guy was like a third-rate uh, Eastwood, plying his trade through spaghetti westerns and various European movies, um, uh, I had the vibe, because it's written by... Well, it's based on a story by him, and then it's written by one of the guys who plays the villain, the Richard guy with the hunchback, who is having way too much fun bellowing like Brian Blessed on heat uh, throughout this movie and cackling like a huge ham. Um, But we'll get on to him. Um, It's written by him uh, from a story uh, from Tony Tony, and Tony Tony also produces it. And what it smacked me before we kind of did our research and stuff... Actually, yeah, because I I think I had the same theory. ...was, like, that Tony was doing all these movies in uh, Spain or Italy or what. I didn't know where it was shot at the time, so Italy, maybe. 
And he'd seen all these like sets lying around, or his mate Bob had just finished filming, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Whoops Romans or whatever, uh, on on the thing, and he was like, "Oh, they're going to tear that set down. What are they doing with that set?" And over a weekend in a pub, Tony Tony and Bellowy McRichard's face sat down and hashed out this like bonkers thing, where they're like, "What would happen if the man with no name went back to like Rome and you know?" Genghis Khan times and everything else what if we just like do that like what if we just wing it because there was definitely a sense of like winging it and like while we have the equipment while we have the sets and while we have stuff let's just do it yeah now it seems a little more when you read up on it and read up on the whole Stranger series it seems a little more premeditated than that I still wouldn't be surprised if 25 to 40% of it was that, where they were sat around going, why is no one doing anything with these sets? Let's just, let's just have them go no, back I agree. to Rome. No, I think what it, I th- my thought was... Like, in a pub, they, one they, they clearly filmed yeah. all this stuff in Spain, right? All the Stranger series It's all in Spain. Spain. Right, right. So I'm thinking... Oh, no, no, The Stranger is filmed all over, but, but this film is all in sure, Spain. Sure, but like, no, I think a lot of them were filmed in Spain. Um, no, most of them were filmed in Italy, and the... the, Hong, the Really? Japan one was filmed over in, in Asia somewhere, I forget. Yeah, because this is the first one that's filmed exclusively all in Spain. Oh, okay. It said it in the book. No, no, what it said in the book, it was, it's odd that it's set in Spain rather than just being filmed there. That's why I thought the other movies were filmed in Spain. I think they were saying, it's unusual the Stranger series because not just being filmed there, but also oh, set there. Oh, okay, maybe, I maybe. Because right. what, I, what I thought might have happened is, while they were filming, because clearly Spain's full of these beautiful um, medieval buildings, right? Right. And they're filming there because, oh, you know, it's quite dusty, so it looks a bit like, you know, the Wild West. Right. And then, you know, they must be there drinking their wine and whatever and thinking it's a sh- look at all these amazing buildings because you can see them like you could see like you'd walk around a corner and it was a huge fucking castle right on the edge of a cliff going Jesus we make a film here would be amazing but we can't do that because you know we make cowboy films and we, we can't use men- and then I you know maybe the idea was well if he goes back in time then we can use them so similar kind of thing right but I because because some of the the buildings and the sets were like unbelievable. Yeah, the, so the castle reminded me quite a lot of the Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness yeah, castle. it's even shot the same way. Looks very yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah. Even though the one in Army of Darkness was filmed in uh, basically a field in California, and that's like a forced perspective um, set. They just had the, the the drawbridge and stuff, and the other bits are filled in with matte paintings and other stuff. But yeah, it looks very similar. But the um, um, there is a bit in the middle and again this is why I would not be surprised if like a young Sam Raimi saw this or even like post Evil Dead 2 he somehow saw like a VHS copy of it or right. something well, I don't think this was released in the US on VHS I think this is the first home video release of it is by Blue Underground I think I read that I can, I can see Raimi being like if the Stranger series was a thing and it must have been a thing or they would have made four of them I can see Raimi. The only reason I'm saying to see this, right? Is on top of the whole like going back in time Army of Darkness thing, there's also this sequence in the middle where he has to do this trials to get the treasure thing. And the first thing he does, and it's like a very cool shot, is he rides uh, his horse into this like big medieval um, 
Well, not yeah, like kind of Renaissance period, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like uh, uh, yeah, a Spanish courtyard. And then he wanders into a Spanish chapel that is adorned with all these amazing Renaissance paintings. And, everything. and he has this weird thing where some steam is released and he, he's slowly turning into a... Um, I'm good. I think I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I think I'm done. Thank He has this weird sequence where he thinks he's turning into a wolf. Where he well, it seems it's like, more like the dead people in the chapel. No, no, hang on a second. Yeah. So he's howling and, and all the rest of it. And then uh, in the middle of it, there's like laughter, right? Like yeah. all around him, uh, coming from different places. And then suddenly these skeletons have appeared in like the um, uh, choir pews, like the choir pews by the, by the chapel organ. Um, that's great. Thank, thank you. you very much. Uh, the skeletons have appeared and like the camera's like craft zooming into them and they're laughing at him and da 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 da. And he's like, you ain't going to turn me into no goddamn wolf or whatever. And then howls and, like, runs out. And, oh, yeah, no, we're done. Thank you. And, yeah, while it's a very proto-sequence, if you think of, uh, first of all, all the laughing faces and heads in Evil Dead 2 when he's stuck in the cabin, when you think of the bits in Army of Darkness where he has to go off and get the book and along the way he's like harassed by the mini ashes and then he splits in two like he has all these like mad things in the middle of Army of Darkness that just kind of happened to him along the way um, but th- there were just elements especially in the way that he played those sequences like that was when that sequence was when I yeah. really started to like Tony Tony and what he was doing with the rock yeah fair enough um, then he goes into like this mad these mad caves uh, yeah. where there's like a mad bearded moor guy who explodes stuff at him uh, and he becomes a moor for a while like he basically like he's in backface for three scenes of the movie which is sort of bizarre although they talk about it in terms of he's because he explodes he explodes and after that he's like covered in charcoal charcoal and he he thinks he's dying because his skin's turned black right 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 yeah no it's not a it's not a but it's but it is but it looks like that right 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 that's exactly what it looks like but it's it's not I, I I felt like if they were going to be like racist, they would have been racist slurs throughout the movie with references to the Moors. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I think it was a racist thing. I think it was like. I think it was a a comedy, clumsy, clownish humor thing, like as if blackface was funny. Right. Why it's a bit weird. But it also could be equally taken as that bit when Wiley Coyote is blown up by a dynamite. Yeah, true. Yeah, and yeah, instead yeah. of dying, which, I, which should be yeah, you're right. Which, he which gets, is what they were going. He for. gets covered in black soot and runs around. You're right. It is what they're going for. It just looks like. Yeah, it looks odd. Right. Um, and he gets chased by a bull in a sequence where initially, which you're I like, didn't mind how long that went on for. Because oh, you did. I, I really mind it. Like after three circles of being chased by the bull, I'm like, right, haven't get. No, away. no, because and after it kept the, going. No, and no, that I, screechy uh, uh, banjo was replaced with a screechy fiddle. Because and it was quite like, clear, <laughs> quite clear, running around there was a, a real circle, bluff. Running around, running being, around chased the the field, being chased by the bull, and the bull really nearly got him. Like several a times. A lot. Yeah, and yeah, after a yeah. while, you kind of go, I don't know how much they're paying this. Like, my guess is probably not very much. <laughs> but this is, um, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what you get in Spain. No, People I, are willing to be chased by bulls. Yeah, but it was it was really, um, I started to just admire oh, the sheer, guy sheer that they got to do it. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was all. I didn't but no, it. so there was, and again, this is what I mean. Like, 
there was some attempt at like this weird, surreal, mystical second act that I feel like in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, just to no, no, no. make that I, comparison, I take, I take your point. I has, been, a... has been like honed and tightened up by actual craftsmen or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there are other movies, I'm sure, there are plenty of other movies where your lead protagonist is haunted or poked or prodded or put through trials or whatever well, I, I know what you mean. When you, when you look at it all together, the, you know, loudmouth... Um, American goes back in time into the middle of a war that he doesn't really understand but he's the one that has to go on a quest to find the thing that's going to stop the war and all the way through he's like beaten and you know goes mad all those things put together they are very similar it's just that the the, the director and the writer don't have the wit of Rain and Cam there's not enough wit to that it's all like, I take your point about the evolution there, but, you know, like, Bogart was, you know, could be wetted. Like, Chandler could turn a line. Like, it's not like no one knows how to write a funny line. It's just they don't know how to write a funny line, and they don't know how to deliver one, right? So I take your point. I quite liked his line once he tooled up, and he said about... Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, the, uh, the line he had when he tooled up about, like, when a, when a man is uh, uh, faced with like an equal task, um, a man can, yeah, a man can fight fair. Um, but when a man is faced with uh, when a man is outnumbered, or outwitted, then it's time to get mean or whatever. Like I quite like that little yeah, that soliloquy he did before he rode into battle. It was all that. I'm just saying yeah. the reason I'm is is better is not because, because like you know the big sleep or. Morty's talking about like some of the best detective movies ever made. So it's not about just 50 uh, 50, 50, 50, 50 right down the middle. Thank you. Um, some of the best films ever made. This one it just it didn't have the wit and the. Um, no, all the elements were the, there. It the, just the sagged. It just sagged. It wasn't. And, uh, but the one thing I would say that I, that I thought was interesting, that I did really like about it, is there were some amazing looking. Shots of, of the movie, yeah. like the opening, the the crystal balls like coming out of nowhere, the um, uh, the shots of the the churches and the castles and the medieval buildings, like they were really stunning. Like, I'm I'm guessing he would be a better. What would he be about? Like a better DOP than the director? Because the action is like hand fisted and the the um, like he's got an eye for a. The skeletons looked really good. They didn't look cheesy. It looked kind of creepy and weird. No, I mean, but you can say that even even the lowest budget B movie American ripoffs that were made by Italian film directors look good. Like even the the cheesiest of 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 those um, B movies, like have great cinematography and have uh, moments in them that are genuinely effective. Um, it's it's just to me. I it's always the people involved are genuinely a bit incompetent. No, I just think there's because a lot of them are Americans. Like, I mean, he Tony Tony is American. Yeah, and I think the other guys either English or American. Right, and the, the the director is Italian for yeah, sure. He's, a, he's thank you, thank right. you so much. So, uh, but to wrap it up, like what I mean is, is like you need a bunch of Italians, Americans, English, Spanish, whoever it is, rolling about in the desert in 1975, throwing shit against the wall and saying, I, yeah, I will say this, the, the in thing- order for us to get 
the the goofier, weirder, further more wonderful line. stuff. Yeah, further okay. down the line. All right, no, no, no. All right, I will go along with that, and I will say this: I was watching it, and I was thinking, no way in hell. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. No way in hell does this get made. No, of course not. Thank you. But Campbell's made that point about um, the Evil Dead TV series. He's like, the reason why it's a TV series is if we make a sequel to Army of Darkness, whether it takes place in contemporary day, the past, or whether like it was going to take place in the future, because he, in in their favourite ending, he wakes up. uh, Either way, because of who Sam Raimi is, right? Um, and and because of what they would want to do, it would be at minimum a hundred and fifty million dollar movie, right? Uh, but because the audience for Evil Dead, even as big as it is now, and it is it's big enough to like fill a huge hall at Comic Con and you sure. know uh, encourage stars to do two series of a TV show nobody thought nothing nobody thought would run. It's not big enough to open a hundred and fifty million dollar movie. You know well, that's, I mean? where all the, that's, yeah, that's so, where all the interesting stuff is being done on TV now. Right. That's so, where it's at. So, economically speaking, one of the reasons why a movie like this would, wouldn't be made now is because the kind of people who would make it, your Peter Jackson's, your Sam Raimi's, who name your you peculiar, know, director. peculiar B-movie director, uh, are, aren't, are now too high-profile and... To, Command or demand too much money. I guess there are from studios. The the one the sort of the the and it's completely different because he doesn't do genre films quite in the same way. But someone like Ben Wheatley out of England is getting to do like yeah, mad scary. little movies. I don't like him; they're pretentious as hell. But at least he's getting to do like mad. Little I like to kill this. Um, and um, it, he 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 mixes genres too clumsily. They're not. He runs halfway through his movies. They kind of run out of steam, and he just kind of repeats himself. And he doesn't. They're, they're not. Uh, uh, they don't evolve well enough, and they're not neat enough, and they don't have enough of a of a purpose. They're just kind of. Um, the, I admire the fact that he keeps doing it, and people keep giving him money to do it, and critics keep lauding him. Like I, I. If there's a little weirdo English filmmaker out there putting Michael Smiley in movies, I'm happy. Like. Uh, but I don't particularly like his movie. Um, and I suppose you could say that like Edgar Wright is doing or has done some um, no, I, uh, genre films. But but nothing. I know what you mean. Nothing, no, nothing this well, week. Be, be, nothing because, this week. Because what happens? <clears throat> I think um, it's a bit like TV in that you know you 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 go to the well. So, you know, you can only go to the well so many times before, you know, this season on CSI Miami, you know, um, they've gone into the future. Or, like, all those things in TV shows where, they, where it, like, you know, jumps the shark kind of thing. And this would be, you know, the stranger jumping the shark. Now, personally, I have always had a soft spot for the bits in TV shows where they, like, quote-unquote, jump the shark. Yeah. Right? I like... I prefer the X Files when it went all mad and surreal, and there's more because they've been making me laugh than like scaring me with way out conspiracy theories. I way prefer those X Files. I, you know, Bruce Campbell is a demon, just to keep bringing up Bruce Campbell. Right, but that, that kind of that kind of, that series particularly was a cracker. That's the one with the vampires. Um, <clears throat> so I'm all for like let's take something that you know what it is and then weird it up. I am, and I think it is a great shame that there aren't. 
you know, Dracula films and werewolf films and westerns and crime pictures and stuff just like being made all the time for a few million dollars all over the shop because out of the, you know, 50 uh, crime movies that get made in a year, like four or five of them are really excellent. Right. Really, really. No, I mean, what you get now. Get what, well, what you get now is stuff like Cowboys versus Dinosaurs, which is, I've seen it, absolutely awful. Is on it? Absolutely awful. Is it every because it's, it's all been. Is that Brandon? What? There's a guy that rides the Q train yeah. from 34th Street. His name's Brandon, and it's always his birthday. Every day he's on the. He, he rides the commute train asking for. He's got 300. He needs to get a, uh, a ticket home to somewhere, Idaho, I think it is. Right. And he. Blah, the ticket's Idaho. The, 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 the bus ticket's $350. Right now I've got 64 could somebody help? I just want to get home for my birthday. And every day it's his birthday, and every day he's not made any more than the 64 he made the day before. And he fascinates me, Brandon. He's recently got himself a girlfriend. Makes me feel kind of happy for Brandon. But hasn't got any better for him. But he's been counts. fulfilling the story. But, but, like, get on different trains, man, at different times. Don't break. Cause the, if you get on a train at six o'clock at the same station, the same people are going to be riding it. They're going to be wise to your skis. Yeah, well, true. That's a message going that out him. to Brandon, who's probably a fan of the show. That's it, he just walked past, he just walked past. He just walked past, he was like, there's yeah. my favourite two guys. My name's Brandon, it's my birthday. <laughs> it's the only American accent I can do, because I've heard it so many times. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, what, what, what's happening now in, in sort of the, the surreal genre stakes are just these mashup movies, like, can we get yet another fucking shark, octopus dinosaur hybrid to fight each other and it's just it's 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 a movie that even they're movies that even before they get made know that they're being sold on the title and the poster alone so therefore whatever happens in the movie is irrelevant yeah, but and it be, can be as, as awful as possible to be fair there were plenty of Italian horror movies that knew they were being sold on the poster and the title right but I would argue I would definitely argue that even in that case like something like Contamination for example which is uh, uh, from the poster alone an alien rip off right right You've still got a kick-ass score. They still go all around the, the world and, like, film it in bizarre places. There's still sequences in it and shots in it and scenes in it where you're like, wow, that's really good. The special effects are always um, interesting, even if they're not always effective. They are, like, interesting, and you can see the cast on I think. Hand. And look, there is an argument to say that, yes, okay, B-movies back in the 70s and 80s, as bad as they got, they always had to have a certain level of craftsmanship because you couldn't just draw the shit on a computer. You yeah. had to build an alien, or you had to build a dinosaur, or you had to build a thing. Like yeah, yeah. Someone had to go out and create it, and therefore watching it ten years hence, there's a certain like uh, 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 cheesy pleasure or charm you can get from the creaky effect. That, when you watch Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs, you just go, some dick created this on Adobe effects, and I'm not, in, not interested. But, I, but, I, but I, I wonder if one of the, one of the problems these days... And it seems like a shame to me because it's, it seems like it's valuing things that are new over things that are old. It's what bugs me most about Netflix. 
there is an endless supply of like one star crappy obviously no good movies but they were made within the last five years yeah right? and zombie I, films paranormal activity yeah, rip-offs all that, and, yeah, all that, I mean it's just yeah. like really terrible obviously awful awful movies but no redeeming but there's no old films on that there's no B movies from the 60s and 70s the 80s there's no there's no black and white films on there's no like think of how many amazing film noirs there are out there and it's just because it's like well people don't want new sorry people don't want old they want new so we're going to give them that and it's that's got to turn around at some point sure. no because Netflix used to be like that right Netflix used to have all those like mad B movies or 80s actioners they used to have like yeah. loads of mad uh, uh, Mark DeCascos movies and like they had they had like there was always like weird little movies from the 70s 80s and 90s on Netflix and the moment they started um, making their own TV shows and the moment they started streaming stuff um, by NBC and Fox and a couple of the other deals they've got to show certain TV shows that's all they became interested in and the movies they buy now are either um, retro 80s things like you know Adventures in Babysitting or you know The Goonies or something um, or it's these like I'll, because I want one zombie movie that inexplicably got popular I, I'll also buy up 20 that were made by Jeff yeah, and his chef weird, because I, I, I was really in the mood for an old black and white horror movie a couple of weeks back and there wasn't a single one on But that's why these horror streaming sites are doing so well because they are, they have, like, they have everything on them. Yeah, I guess right. so. I, I, I would really like Shudder, but the, the experience was terrible. They kept shutting off. Um, like, five minutes into a movie, they kept turning off. Anyway. And, anyway. And the big thing as well at the moment is uh, uh, Full Moon um, have some of... Oh yeah, they've got a lot the of stuff. blue underground Blu-rays are now streaming on Full Moon Stream. Anyway, very quickly then, um, I think you're right about uh, Get Me. I think it's it's a really interesting movie. It's a bit of a slog to sit through, even though it's only ninety minutes. But there are really interesting things going on. There's some unforgettable images for sure. Um, I don't. I didn't really like Tony Tony all that much, but you did, so that's fine. So that may just be a personal. I didn't like him in the point, but I would. I would. I was considering because I looked it up. It's a Warner Archives disc to buy the Stranger Collection. It's only seventeen bucks, and you get three films. I, I only was, you said like that. I was. So they're going. Sorely you know, tempted. I've got too many movies to watch anyway, but I might spend seventeen dollars on three films starring Tony Tony. Only so that I can see the build-up of The Stranger Cat. Yeah, so, yeah, because how could you live without knowing... Plus, I love East meets West movies. I love that when that happens. The Legend of Seven Golden Vampires is amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't. I had no idea it was going to be that good. <laughs> Peter Cushing goes to... But it was such a, such a car crash of an idea, but it completely works. Right, well, because the Shaw Brothers studio and the Hammer studio were on their last legs, and they were like, should we pair up and see what happens? Yeah, yeah. Well, was, like, it was brilliant. And Peter Cushing was like the only name they could like drag out of Hammer Studios who was willing to do it. Yeah, bless him. Because they asked like Lee, and they asked a whole bunch of other people, they were like, no... Not getting me out of bloody China. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah. Cushing was going for Cushing, a while. Oh, Cushing would have done anything. Good old Cushing. Good old Cushing. But anyway, I would, would you recommend, I, I, I can't in all honesty say that you go out and buy this disc. Unless you're a fan of, first of all, Spaghetti Westerns, but also 
sort of the embryonic, all-American, wisecracking, braggadocio hero. I think if you're a fan of weird 70s genre mashup movies where everybody involved cares more about having a laugh and trying something new than necessarily making a cohesive or coherent movie then you should it's, get it. it's more one there, that, there's definitely things about it's, it's, it to, there's it's, definitely things about it to recommend it's more it. one that if it was either streaming on Netflix or streaming on um, Blue Underground or what, streaming on uh, uh, Full Moon or whatever and you looked at it and you went I don't know watch it would I go out and spend twenty four ninety nine on the double disc Blu-ray no no, I wouldn't. If, if you manage to somehow stream it and or purchase it legally online uh, as a digital copy, yeah. Um, but And I'm kind of fascinated about its genesis, so I will watch some of the extra features because I am kind of fascinated about that story. I think, okay, look, let me say this about it, right? It's an interesting movie, for sure. And it did win me over after, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. And I did like what it was trying to do, and it did look really cool. And, yeah, it was a bit of a slog to sit through, but... I've on this show I've sat through a lot worse than oh fuck yeah of course I've sat through more cynical more incompetent more hateful movies than this by yeah, like a long long way no I agree that's what I'm saying it's, it's, it's the total opposite of cynicism now it's not blessed with talent but it's definitely not a cynical cash grab. I think that's what I like most about it is that it's so obviously not a cash grab. It's so obviously why not? Why the fuck not? And any movie where the, the driving force of it is why the fuck not is is got to be admired a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just don't. You know, look, the Blue Underground disc is great. It's packed full of extras. There's a commentary. There's interviews with the stars. There's interviews with the producers. There's behind-the-scenes stuff, there's trailers, it's a, it's a, and you get a DVD and a Blu-ray and the same thing, and a great booklet that we both read while the movie was on. The collection, the, the thing, is well, like, it, if you're a spaghetti western collector and you want, you want that point where a genre when we can't sustain the story of a man in a poncho and a hat rides into town and saves the well from going dry or saves little Billy and his medicine or whatever or chases the engines away or whatever it is whatever your generic western story is so let's do something bonkers whether it's Jason in space or whether it's right, know, right, right, right. Uh, uh, the stranger gets sent back in time um, if you're like a fan of spaghetti westerns but you also want to see a movie where that genre gets to the point where they're like oh, fuck it let's do this and you collect that stuff then yes it's a phenomenal disc it's a, it's a nice big package and blah 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 but if you're just a B-movie cult fan, there's better movies to spend twenty four ninety nine on. That's all I need. Yep, I would agree with that. That's fine. Yep. All right, and with that, thank you ever so much. Thanks, Thanks man. To, uh, Pleasure as always. There. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay, everyone listening. So don't forget to... Once you've listened to this podcast and to end the show... Uh, we are going to have the full after-movie diner ditty uh, that was written, uh, played, and produced by none other than Voodoo Fuzz, 
tremendous fan of the show. I couldn't be happier with this song. It's been going through my head uh, for the last couple of days. I'm going to listen to it a bunch. Uh, here it is. Enjoy the full version. Well, back in 2011, I find a movie going to see. A film by Jim John Moody starring Iggy Pop and me. But when the show was over, I'd nowhere to go. So I'd end up in a bar, sipping my bourbon and feeling low. One night, this wild looking guy called Frank came over and asked me why I looked so sad as I drank. Told him about my post-movie lose And then I saw the light in his glass eyes He told me to go to the after-moving diner I'm surprised you don't know There's no place finer Come on now, let's go Well, Mr. John Craswell, he's a man a man with a beard and a man with a plan. Yeah, yes. With Jim and John and Madame Mark, tune in to Flash Goblet to start. Yes, and reviews, opinions, interviews, comedy and news, Don Dollar and his films and George Stover. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.